This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Tuesday, the 28th of February. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jensan. In half an hour, we're going to discuss how the earthquakes in Turkey is affecting President Erdogan's chances for re-election this year. But as always, we're going to kickstart this morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. So U.S. markets, they were all in the green. The Dow was up 0.2%, S&P 500 up 0.3%, Nasdaq up by 0.6%. However, Asian markets, they were all in the red, Nikkei down 0.1%, Hang Seng and Shanghai Composite was down by 0.3%, Straits Times Index down by 0.6%, and the FBM KLCI, it was down by 0.1%. So for more on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Joe, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. Now, we did see U.S. stocks tumble on Friday after the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index, um, the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure, rose 0.6% in January. So why is uh, the PCE so important to the Fed as an economic indicator and what are markets responding? Well, the PCE came a little hotter than expected following through some other headlines related to CPI, Consumer Price Index. So, But this, the PCE is it's more of a granular look for the Fed to see what actually consumers are paying, uh, whether it's goods and services, whether it's uh, basic essentials. So it's a good it gives you a very it gives you a better feel for actually the price pricing pressure that's out there. That's why the Fed prefers it. And, it's, and, and as you know, it did come in hotter than expected, like everything else seems to be coming in hotter than expected. And Joe, housing prices are very sensitive to interest rates, yet U.S. property prices have remained quite resilient, especially on the West Coast. Have the Fed hikes impacted the mortgage market? Um, Have the Fed hikes impact the mortgage market been more muted than expected? Um, You know, I I would say it it has had an effect for sure. Um, You're seeing a lot of here's the big here's the issue. Right now in the United States, um, 95% of household mortgages are fixed. So they're fixed. And they're fixed at very low rates, um, probably half of what we're looking at now, like 6.88 on a 30-year uh, mortgage. So a lot of people don't want to move, even if they want to, because they've got a great mortgage that they, mortgage rate that they don't want to like double down on. So if you're going to move now, you're looking at a much higher cost of capital. So that's, that is kind of weighing on the market here. So... You know, the, the effect of higher rates in mortgages is having an effect on the U.S. market. It's, it's lowering mobility as well. It's a very interesting dynamic. Okay, Joe, I've got a question about the terminal Fed fund rate then. It looks like the street is expecting 5.4% this year. Just a month ago, it was expecting 5%. What does this then mean for investors like yourself in terms of asset allocation? Well, it means it means that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what I mean. I mean, that's the short answer. Because um, we were, you know, caught offside. I mean, the street in general was expecting. Remember, remarkably, um, coming into January, the new year, a lot of people on the street, we didn't believe this, thought the Fed would be cutting rates uh, by the fourth quarter, and that's off the table. Let's see something miraculous happen. So, you know, we do think now we're pricing in another rate hike. We're pricing in two rate hikes, 25 basis points each. Maybe now, you know, the Fed has to go a third time. So the terminal rate, obviously, is being pushed higher. The street was wrong, offsides. That's why you're saying that the January rally is fading. 
because of the Fed having had to be more hawkish than what was previously expected. Okay, I'm just wondering what's going on in Jerome Powell's mind. And to be honest, we don't have an answer for that. But uh, what's his priority? Because we've talked about this 2% inflation rate and why is he so stubborn about that figure. But at mm-hmm. the same time, in that process to get to that 2% inflation rate, isn't he going to cause the US economy to come down, um, basically hit a hard landing? It could be, and that is a risk. I mean, price stability is one of his mandates. Um, so is the labor market. And the labor market is just not cooperating with him. It's still red hot. I mean, a year ago, the, the unemployment rate was 3.6%. Now it's 3.4%. It's actually gone in the other direction. So I'm not sure what's going in his, what's going on in his mind other than the fact that, you know, he's, he hopes for a soft landing. He talks hawkish like, I'm going to, you know, have a hard landing to get 2%. But we're not, we're, you know, at 6% plus, we're not near 2% yet. So there's, there's more pain coming. And that's why you see the volatility and the choppiness of the market. More pain is coming. And I've been taking all this in mind then. Where do you see the greenback going? I mean, some analysts are saying that the greenback strength has already reached peak dollar. I mean, do you agree or is there still more upside to go? Maybe there's a little bit more upside, maybe, perhaps. Nothing like we saw last year. Last year, I mean, the, the dollar was just a rocket. for Because of the aggressive move by the Fed, geopolitics, war in Ukraine, I think you know the dollar weakness may disappoint some people. Um, it's going to take some time because Powell isn't done. Our economy is too hot. Um, we're growing faster than the rest of the world in many cases. So I wouldn't bet against if, – if I was going to bet against the dollar, um, I'd, I'd do it very carefully and not, you know, with you know, both feet in the water. And Joe, oil prices are currently in a state of backwardation where spot prices are higher than futures. To what degree can this be attributed to market manipulation by refiners as opposed to natural market forces? You know, uh, honestly, I don't know the answer to that question about manipulation. When you say that word, that's always a connotation that um, I'm not sure exactly where to go with that. Um, but, yeah, there, there's something that's not right in the market. We'll see how that plays out. Um, what hasn't happened, though, this is important. Um, a lot of oil bulls thought when China reopened that oil prices would get right back up to 90 you know, $95, $100 a barrel. That hasn't happened because China's not – Opening the you know what people expected less investment more consumption so you know we ha- we haven't seen that oil price spike related to that China reopening so and there's a lot of supply out there as well the U.S. is we're ramping our produ- our production to almost 13 million barrels a day uh, this year so I'm not sure exactly but you know the oil bulls expecting closer 100 dollars per barrel have been disappointed thus far. Joe, thank you very much for the chat. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust of America, uh, Bank of America Private Wealth Management, giving us his take on the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. So I think generally he expects more pain ahead. I think the Fed funds rates, markets pricing in another at least two, 25 basis points hike to about 5.4%. So the rally we've seen in January, I think it's really, really fading. And I think the markets are a bit more rational now. And I think a lot also depends on earnings, which will be difficult given that uh, interest rates and inflation continues to remain high. Well, when you think about it, right, at the beginning of the year, everyone is expecting, the, like you said, the Fed to actually cut rates as we hit into the end of 2023, the beginning of 2024. And for me, I'm just wondering what is Jerome Powell's game plan? Yeah, so he's got price stability, he's twin mandates of inflation and job security. But both are somewhat related. 
under the big banner of the economy, right? So what is the consequence if you actually are so dogged to the inflation figure and then you cause a hard landing in the US economy? Isn't that going to cause more pain to US citizens in the longer term? I'm sure it keeps him up at night. This is probably what uh, dogs his nightmares. In any case, we are going to be continuing to follow his every word and move. Uh, but let's take a look at some of the corporate earnings that have come out from the U.S. Uh, we're looking at Zoom. Zoom reported fiscal fourth quarter results that exceeded analyst expectations and offered optimistic guidance. But they did report their first net loss since 2018, losing $104 million uh, compared with net income of $491 million in the year-ago period. On the revenue side, it was up by 4% year-on-year to $1.12 billion, but it's still a far cry from the quadrupling of revenue that Zoom enjoyed in 2020 and 2021. Um, during the fiscal fourth quarter, Zoom said it would introduce email and calendar services along with a virtual agent chatbot for handling customer service inquiries. Its CEO, Eric Yuan, also said he's taking a 98% pay cut after laying off about 1,300 workers or about 15% of its workforce. In terms of the guidance going forward, for the first quarter, adjusted earnings will be roughly at about 96 to 98 cents per share on revenue of about 1.08 to $1.085 billion, which is better than what analysts are expecting. Okay, so you look at this stock, right? It was such a work from home, darling, right? At the peak, you're talking about a share price close to 400 US dollars. Today is 73 US dollars. I mean, it's come down incredibly a lot. So what is its future? What does the street really think about a name like this? And I think, to be fair, Zoom has a place for all of us. We use it regularly. We even still here. use it, we even though we're out it. of the pandemic phase. Yeah, it's just that the valuations assigned to it are, have come back to earth, right? So when I look at Bloomberg, you're talking about PE of 143 times. So I'm not surprised. There are still nine, there are only nine buys, 23 holes, two sells. Consensus target price for this stock, 83 US dollars. Last time price during regular market hours, it was actually down 21 cents to 73 US dollars and 72 cents. And, you know, don't expect any dividend for this name at all. Although it is up close to 9% on a year-to-date basis, but that's a very short period of time. Turning our attention very quickly to just some headlines concerning Adani, uh, we get news from Bloomberg that asset management, the asset management unit of JP Morgan has actually wiped its ESG portfolios clean of their exposure to the Adani empire. So the move comes as a number of major investment firms such as BlackRock, Deutsche Bank and DWS Group continue to sit on Adani stakes in ESG funds that track indexes offered by MSCI. And according to the data reviewed by Bloomberg, the JP Morgan Fund, JERMLN, offloaded more than 70,000 shares in cement manufacturer ACC Limited, exiting a stake it held since May 2021. And a second fund also sold about 1,350 shares it held in the company since July of last year. Okay, what's interesting is Adani is on a roadshow. They're in Singapore and Hong Kong to reassure investors that they have plenty of cash to pay for the bonds that are maturing. So they've said they've got a cash pile of 317 billion rupees, which is about 3.8 billion US dollars. Now we know that they are repairing their reputation and they have repeatedly denied these accusations. So it'll be interesting to see whether the investment community really does believe this at the moment. Because you've got $154 billion already wiped out from its equity market value since the short seller's investigation went public. 
7.18 a.m. We are heading into some news. Uh, we're heading into some messages. But when we come back, we are going to cover more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.